Morning. Good morning. Where are we? We are in uh, Lake Park, which is in uh, Huntingdon Beach, just off of Main Street. Uh, it's super quiet here this morning. Obviously, not a lot of kids out. And uh, we've got an interesting podcast in front of us. We have. I used to live not too far from here, just a walk away, and I've never been to this park. It just says how big Huntington Beach is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I come over here with, uh, with Wyatt occasionally. It's... Uh, you know me, man. I love I love Huntington Beach. Like as soon as I started coming here, I, I fell in love with it and I and moved there eventually. Okay. Anyway, the subject of today. Okay, pull up your thing. Right, the subject of today, and we've been talking about it for a while. A year, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> we've been thinking about the top twenty professional BMX racers from England of all time. Period. Yeah. Now, you got to keep it in mind. Obviously, you know. We had a think about it, we asked around, we looked at a whole bunch of results. Now, I'm pretty sure people listening to this are going to have their own opinions because it's we tried to break it down just to numbers and just to results, but some of these calls are so close that uh, I'm sure I'm sure people are going to, you know, whoever we put at number 20, I'm sure somebody will think that they should be higher or that they shouldn't be in it. But, uh, you know, hopefully this will uh, start a discussion amongst people as to whether we're right whether we're wrong well there's a lot of um, again this is more of the English um, older crew that we're always debating and stuff and our um, our other members of the uh, debate team is myself you uh, Bobby Hyde 90s rider a brother of Chris Hyde mm-hmm. who was a world champion he was a world champion and uh, Kelvin Beatty as well. And uh, Matt Aidy's pretty good as well. Uh-huh. He's very uh, uh-huh. trivial. But Kelvin's very good because... Um, I mean, Kelvin have debated this stuff like me and you have for the last 20, 30 years. Just results and, yeah, and stuff. Um, but Kelvin's very good because he's, he's very up-to-date on the current guys, which we probably not as much, at least like UK rankings yeah. and stuff, you know. Yeah, and, that's, so. and, and, and what you may notice is, I'm sure some people who listen to this, if you came from a later era than us, you may disagree or you may not have even heard of, you know, some of those people who are racing now may not have even heard of some of these people. They could literally walk past them in the street and they wouldn't recognise them. So it's, uh, you know... I think we've covered all eras, though, haven't we? We we've have. Got... There's, there's, there's somebody from from every era on the list, and we've tried to get them in the right order. I, uh, I spoke to one of my BMX confidants back in England, who will <laughs> remain nameless, and, uh, <laughs> and and he gave it the green light. He said there were a couple on there that he wasn't sure about, but it's uh, he 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 thought. That... And there's still like Kelvin's, and I agree a little bit with Kelvin. One of the things you know and i i i look at it very highly and i still and i don't understand why some of the other current guys today don't chase british titles and that as much i just think i i was always just very is the word patriotic i just when i first got into bmx the british championships watching well, it oh, was, yeah, was the yeah. and, and and national numbers and stuff i was just always fascinated and i was always into it and i know kelvin was and i think as bmx has changed now it's not more about that obviously the uh, emphasis has more been on the olympics and yeah. you know and i had a good conversation with shanae's uh, about five years ago when she was out here we were just talking about stuff I like you left a lot on the table like obviously she won a hell of a lot one, yeah. of the, one of the best women ever but 
she, um, you know, they missed a lot of European, she like, you know, European championships, she'd win a couple of rounds and just not go, yeah. you know, and then obviously missed a lot of British championships, even though it had been probably really too easy for her. I said, you missed a lot of titles, you know, if you really care about that stuff. And she goes, you know, I didn't at the time, but now looking back, it would have been cool to, mm. to win a lot of that stuff, you know. So anyway, so going back to what I was going to say. There's still a bit more of a debate on this, so this is not like no, it's, uh, not, it's not like it's an ongoing debate, and like say people want to jump in on this after or messages like we're it's a conversation that like say me and you have been doing for years, and mm -hmm. we're just talking about different riders. It's not really even a, a ranking; it's just people that have done different things and what what matches up and stuff. So I always thought it was cool. But Kelvin was very, um, you know, Paul, you're very on world accolades, of course. where I still think this is British, and I like the British thing, and Kelvin's the same. So. You didn't put. I would say you no, didn't put. No, I didn't put Kel. I personally put Kelvin lower than than probably. You yeah, I would have put Kelvin. But yeah. My my, yeah. my yeah. argument for most of the positions where they've gone is racing against being the best in England. That is very era specific. You know, if you have a if you have a weak era and you win five British titles, but you know you miss you miss the big dogs from just before you and you miss the big dogs from just after you. Um, you know, you, you can't argue with, with 10, 11, 12 British titles. I understand that. But you're only gauging yourself against the best in England. My thing is with, with, with this, the best, best UK pro riders ever, the way that you could really judge how fast they actually were within their era was when they raced against the best in the world. Um, so, you know, the, the, the way I looked at it was in order of importance, if you won the world championships, like that has to be the be all and end all um, and then I mean obviously if you'd won the Olympics I think that would be you know the peak of the mountain if you won the Olympics like if Liam if Liam had won the Olympics you know I think it would be hard to argue against him being number one like just because that race is so big so the way we've done it or the way I did it was world championships first uh, US level competition second best in Europe third and then you start going but to then the what's in new now is is like the world cup was well, around when we did it but it, it wasn't really it wasn't, a big deal no, where now so. it's a big deal so well, that, i mean the world cup you will you will see from from the placements of kai and liam in this list that we've obviously taken that into and what i've done is it's the level of competition you're going against and with world cups very you know you might miss an American or two because it's held in Europe or you might miss a couple of Europeans because it's in South America or it's it's in the US. Um, but those World Cups, they are, you know, you win one of them, it's not a title. It's not a title like a World Championship. So it comes in behind that, but it comes in pretty close behind. It's, uh, the, these this ranking, I, I've pretty much based it not on how well you did against the other pros in England. It's how well you did when you came up against the best in Europe, the best US pros, the best in the world. Yeah, and another factor is, and obviously I left my notes in the car, for me. <laughs> Good job. But, and uh, Alan Hill has won uh, pretty much, uh, we're not sure on Liam's, we know he's won a lot of stuff in England, and uh, Kelvin obviously, but Alan Hill I think has won more than anybody, and if it wasn't for Corona, he'd probably won another three or four last year, and he'd probably yep. be on par to do the same this year so there's that factor as well the amateur um older guy titles you know which with, with, yeah, Alan, with yeah. Alan Hill my only my only argument because he's he's done well especially on cruiser uh, <laughs> sorry Ed, like 
in Europe and and the world. Like he and he's he has a he has a very very long uh, career, like longer than almost all of us. ongoing. Exactly, yeah. and still and still open ended, still going. But the thing is, when he raced against the other people on this list when he came up against these people, you won't find many times where he bettered the people on this list. He might have beaten them in motos or the occasional final, but when you look at it, it when he was racing against these people, you know, when he, because he was racing against you. He was racing against you and Jamie and Neil and Dylan. Uh, and then, then and after Kelvin and Liam Phillips. Kelvin yeah, and, yeah. Liam, and then, you know, even, even moving on. So it's, you, Alan is probably the one person who, if you put domestic titles up, you know, Kelvin would be higher on the list and Alan Hill would make the top 20, whereas he didn't, he didn't make it. And that's basically, there's only, I think there's one other person on this list who doesn't have a number one pro title. Who's that? Um, Flemdog. Oh, okay. But he's raced three eras, so that was his. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And it's, uh, anyway, let's, before we, so apologies to Alan Hill for not making the list. It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> so you can turn off now, Alan. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. It doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't take anything away from, from your achievements. And like, I can't talk. When we were both pro, you beat me more than I beat you. So I can't, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, if you'd, uh, if you if you'd fluked out and, you know, got a third at the Worlds, like somebody on this list, you might have... Uh, you might. Have and another it. thing that we talked about a little bit as well was the magazine coverage. So if you was, um, you know, Andy Ruffle, Tim March, Craig Schofield, you was, you got more media in those three, four, five, six years, whatever, than, say, I got in 15 years, 20 years. At least, in, I'm talking about UK media, because if you go from, like, 19, when things started kind of going the other way, when it kind of taken a dip after the 80s peak, like, 87, 88, um, there wasn't much coverage. No. You know, no, so no. we, like, there's not, you know, early 90s again, uh, and then you can move into Kelvin's era. There really wasn't that much magazine stuff. So those really, really 80s, 80s guys really got a lot of, lot of media, you know? I mean, blow, so. blowing up at the beginning and being the first the first pros you know like tim and andy and, and and all of that gang like trevor robinson mark salisbury all of all of that gang you know because they were the first big pros and it was still in the boot mm. you know magazine coverage more magazine co- maybe more magazine coverage than me <laughs> <laughs> actually maybe, maybe not i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's uh let's get onto the list and uh remember if you disagree feel free to comment and this is still ongoing and it's just for fun so it's not we're trying to you know it's just kind of a fun trivial um fun little debate you know which will continue ongoing you know and i'm sure after a lot of people um have have listened will have thoughts and stuff themselves you know um all right so let's just get into it i guess tony fleming let's talk a little bit about flemdog so yeah 80s guy flemdog's in there but he's pretty much the only person on this list who doesn't have a uk number one pro title now the reason being, when you look, he obviously raced for a long time, had a big career, did very well in superclass, had a small small time in superclass, but that was really where it became apparent that he wasn't just a main maker, like he was he was one of the big dogs. The fact the fact that he made that main in uh, at Slough, wow. like the, when you look at the people he raced against in that final, it wasn't the pro final, but dude. The pro final was probably, you know, maybe Tommy Brackens and Sean Texas had the power, but like the superclass final against the pro final, I'm sure if you timed those laps, 
not going to be much different. It would have been good. Slough Worlds, it would have been pretty cool for this super class. You know, the AMF guys, Tom Lynch, Flemdog against the American oh. guys. That would have been, uh, I think, obviously, I still think the top three, you know, Brackens, Ellis, them, but I still think some of those superclasses would have gone in there and mixed it up a little bit, you know. I just, I just think Brackens, Ellis, uh, and Texas. You know, the UK pros were full-grown men by that point, but those dudes were legit professional yeah. athletes. That's all they were doing. That's all they were doing. They were getting paid good money. Like they were, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not casting any aspersions because I, I don't think we'd entered the the era where people were taking performance-enhancing drugs. I, I think that Tommy Bracken's power, like when you look at him and you look at his body type, I think he might have been one of the last US pros who he was winning through completely and utterly natural, natural power. Um, and I think I think even without PEDs, you then come against someone like Sean Texas, you know, he's probably not as fast a natural sprinter as Bracken's, but he's just in the gym. He's just got so much power in the first 10 pedals. And he's huge. It, it's just, you know, you you look at Tom Lynch. You stand Tom Lynch next to Sean Texas. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then you stand Phil Hugendorf next to Sean Texas, and there's not that much. No, oh, them Dutch guys were big. Yeah. Oh, all of them. That, the, those main four Amev dudes just seem like Ivan Drago. All yeah. of them seem like Ivan Drago, man. So, Flemdog. Yeah, so yeah. as we were saying, Flemdog had, had his superclass. Had his superclass coming out, and everybody realised all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, fucking this dude's the dude. But then you have to then start going into the, the 87 and 88 uh, MBMXA Pro Series where Geth was at his most dominant. But Geth wasn't racing. He was racing it was, on and off. But it was yeah. right towards yeah, the yeah. end of him giving up. So there was one year where Geth won pretty much every national. 87. Right. But then by 88, where his interest had waned, whereas the others were still pushing... That was the year where, you know... Well, that's where the pro class kind of came to an end, and that's where they merged into super class. At the same time, me and Neil... Neil was in there first, and then I moved up into super class, so that's where you got the first cross of the last of the 80s guys, which was, you know, Flam, Damon, Parkinson, Geth, when he decided he wanted to do it. Um, I mean, Geth was incredible. You think about that High Wickham National, mm. when Geth reclassified, like the first superclass national that he Paul, came. Paul. Was it Paul? Paul. Well, there was, there was a High Wickham as well, where he won Cruiser and 20. Yeah, that was a bit later, yeah. Like, and it was yeah. just like, dude. That was 89, actually, when he was High uh, Wickham. I mean, but, yeah. you, you, you're looking like, Geth's not giving it everything in the week at that point. He's just going, he's just going racing and, and relying on, on natural ability. But, like, that really is a show of what his natural ability was, that he could still beat... You know, the likes of you... Admittedly, you and Neil hadn't reached your peak by that point. No, point. no, no. He no, was, he was definitely better than us, but the things where we would catch Geth in here where he really didn't give a crap, or he'd hit the gate, get a bad start, he wasn't in the mood, or he just didn't show up, you know? So that's where we got to kind of challenge him a little, a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little about Geth, because obviously he's further well, we'll, off. We'll, 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 yeah. we'll get to him, but... but I guess but, it's going to go all over the place, so let's just yeah, go all over the I mean, place. Flem, yeah, Flem, yeah, yeah, Flem, Flem Dog made, you know... It just the fact that that 88 season I think it was where he was in the running for number one pro and it was him and Geth battling um, and then from there onwards realistically you know if Flemdog turns up at a race whatever class he races you know he's going to be in there for the win you're going to be you're going to have to battle Flem to beat him yeah he's so. a top three guy I just I, and I don't know he never like I said he, he made that final at Slough um but I, I just, his longevity and the fact of the people that he battled and the people that he was on the same level as, you know, he was on the same level as Geth. 
when he came back in superclass, he was on the same level as pretty much as you and Neil, maybe slightly behind, but not not a long. It was way very um, Neil's hard to talk about because he left pretty quick. You yeah. know, he took 88, 89, 90 kind of 88. He was definitely serious, and he got number one. 89, he was serious and still up there. But then, by say early 90s, get, Neil was already on his way here. You know, and it started a full time job, and then over and to the US. It wasn't, it wasn't until he came here. I mean, Neil, Neil. He was well. He moved down to London. He was chick. He, he got the he got his unemployment from uh, the power station when the power station closed down. But he wasn't super serious, was he? No, not no. at that not at that point. Because I think he'd done he'd done everything mm. domestically. Yeah, yeah. He turned at sixteen and fucking beat Tom Lynch. Like, yeah. Okay, and then you back that up with another number one plate. Okay, like so. It's at that point with somebody like Neil, and it's it's relevant to the list. Okay, well, what's my new challenge? Like, where can I take this? I've taken it as far as I can take it here. And with Neil, after those first two visits to America and realising, oh, wait a minute, A, that was fun, but B, like, if I focused on this, I, I could elevate from single A, I could legitimately be in double A. And then, you know, it's it's not easy because there's people on this list like Dylan who, Dylan could have moved to America. Yeah. Probably at any point from from Norway on. From '91 on, if Dylan wanted to, he could have come over. Yeah, here. he just never wanted to. Did no, he? no, and 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 it was in the perfect position because you think about it. You know, we lived with Christoph, so all that was made possible by Sun. Like you and me know that because we we would see the stuff from Max. We'd see the money coming in. We'd yeah. see what they were sending. But Max would have done that for Dylan, I think. Mm. Same as he did it for Thomas and 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 set him up. But Dylan just didn't want to come here, and that's it's such a big choice. Like you're pretty much putting everything else in your life on hold when you've already done that since you were 10 it's and Slam Dog was not the guy that didn't come here either no you know? no And but I think he would have excelled if he'd come here I just I just, yeah. he, he's the sort of dude that you put him in any race with anybody he's going to be trouble to deal Flem with Flem was during the 90s he, he was very and again he was another guy that worked all day yep. ate like crap would have three or four pints of beer the night before a race and he would still always get when, when, when Neil was already gone they'd be like me Jamie um, maybe even before D- Dylan turned. Yeah. But those early, uh, when it, uh, 93, 94, 94. Flem was always good. Flem and Revel were always you good. Flem and Revel. Yeah, yeah. That's the top four, pretty much. So definitely consistent. And obviously, he carried that for a long time and went on to, like, say, race Kelvin and, uh, and Liam Phillips later. You got Martin Murray. So what's top yeah, so Martin's Flem- like, I think Martin's a very <laughs> undercover, isn't it? Because he was like, yeah, with, with Martin. Martin worked very, very hard. He's going to be listening to this. You've got to be he, careful he, what you say. Bah. <laughs> he knows I love him. Um, with Martin, Martin, you know, a lot of these people on this list, as soon as they started BMX racing, they were good. Like, literally, within that first year, they were battling for an expert number one plate. Whereas Martin was very small for his age, um, undersized, underpowered, was in an age group that had multiple, multiple superstars in there. Like, you think about the people who Martin would have raced against when he was a kid, and, like, you know, you're talking world champs, you're talking... Chris Hyde, Lee Bertram, Scott Beaumont, I mean, the... Like, just them three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just them three. You've got world champion, winner of Paris, and, you know, winner of the Worlds twice. Like, Mm. you can't... You know, it's... But with Martin, Martin's... Bertram was Euro champ. Yep, yep. yep. And he won Paris. I mean, that's... To win Bercy... Yeah, yeah. Dude, that list... That list is so short of people who won Bercy. Like, I think it's, what is it? It's Bertie, Lee Alexander, and that might be it. Lee Alexander? Yeah, he did in Scorpion, did Marco, yeah. Did Marco win? Marco was winning. Oh, yeah, sorry, Dale. <laughs> He's not listening. He doesn't listen. <laughs> he don't, he don't listen to podcasts. 
Um, so Martin got the title. Yeah, and Martin in, beat Dylan. And, 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 yeah. and I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't the best, Dylan. That wasn't. But, like, if you watch those races that year, Dylan's still going far. Martin was serious. He was, he was Martin, training with Jamie Staff, I think. They had that thing called The Book. Yeah. I think they were getting stuff for training yeah. info from that. Martin took it serious. He came out here and trained with us all. And, and, then, and, and wanted yeah. and was focusing on being number one pro. Yeah. Like, and wanted that more than anything else. Even knowing that he was going to have to come back and race Dylan. I mean, and, but you've got to keep it in mind that Martin had been in that mode for maybe four years. Like he'd had, he'd had the occasional, you know, week off or winter off or whatever. But you look at that time period, you know, from from starting to get ready from Brighton Worlds, he kept that intensity through until he got number one plate. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, I know we said we're not putting much weight on, on domestics, but the weight of, of competition going against it and the fact that he got number one pro over Dylan, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody will argue and say, well, well this guy was more of a natural blah, 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 but I... Uh, it was all he had to work, had to work for every every pedal stroke. It was... And, and, to, and to, to get number one pro in England after that, yeah, against yeah. that level of competition, you know. Yeah. That, that's why he made the list. Number 19, Martin Murray. Uh, Anthony Rebel. 18, Rebel. Uh, Rebel's another one who... I think really suffered because of the people that he raced against. Because if you if you look if you look at you know he had to race against Nicky Restle and Jeremy Kennan as an expert. He came up to Superclass. Didn't he come up to Superclass like six months after you? Yeah, right after me. Yeah, like he, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. He was fifteen. His first race was at NBMXA National in nineteen eighty. Now I'd only just turned, and I was sixteen. They let him race at NBMXA National at Runnymede when he was still fifteen, and. Um, I won and he got second, but he was. I had to cut him off. He was passing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that isn't if that isn't enough, right there. He was still fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you when you look at Revel and you look at you know, there's obviously a lot of those that stuff is on YouTube from from that era. The fact that he regularly, regularly, week in week out, battled with you, Jamie, Dylan, and Neil before he left. Um, and wasn't and uh, he had we were like Jamie wasn't at work most of the time and I wasn't at work most of the time was Dylan working, wasn't he was, um, he was working a full time job um, and yeah just as a weekend warrior um, but what about Revel I think what I was going I would say about Revel is very uh, consistent and he always knew he backed off a lot where he could have pushed a little bit but I think that's what gave him longevity or his, uh, pretty longevity f- for uh, and, and never was really injured he, he would no. if he was a little bit more aggressive he would because he was he was stronger than me he, you know, uh, he had one of those yeah. things where it wasn't until you stood next to him or yeah, shook his a hand, big dude. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. Oh, dude, you're huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had the other thing where, the, uh, you know, probably the opposite of me, where he appeared to not be trying hard. Yeah, yeah. But going fast. As yeah, like, yeah. Was, Always crazy. in control, never crashed. Good form, um, and a good attitude as well. Like yeah. I, I can't, I can remember a couple of times where he was pissed at the finish line. But not many. Yeah, no, he was, he was mentally strong when he was riding good. He was he was confident, but like I say, I think Revel probably would take the low road and just kind of break up and get second or third, where he could have probably pushed for more wins. He did get third at the Europeans one year in in Superclass uh-huh. or Elite, uh-huh. um, and he made a lot of Euro finals when it was tough, you know. With a, with a and I think everybody yeah. everybody knew as well by that point it wasn't 
Like if he came up on your sheet, if he was in your motor in your quarter, your semi, like you knew he was there. Yeah, like yeah, He's yeah. one of the people like, all right, which four are going to go And through? there were days he, he won nationals with Geth there. He doubled at Derby one year with Geth there. Uh-huh. That's probably, um, probably been about 88, 89. Um, there were some weekends where, yeah, yeah, he was, no matter who was there, he was winning and he won, you know? So um, I think Revel, and Revel was another guy that never came to the US and just kind of, it was a weekend thing for him, but still very, very good rider. And um, I mean, the, the fact that he didn't touch his bike for a while mm. and then decided to drag it out of the shed for the world and brewing Alan Hill's weekend. With flats on, right? Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, for those that don't know, he won 40 plus cruiser <laughs> at the uh, 20. 12? 2012 Worlds in Birmingham. I think Pagey and Alan Hill got second and third, but Revel won with just showed up, qualified, you know, qualified whatever it did to that. You started racing again, qualified for the Worlds, made the main, and then won it with flats and then disappeared again. I bet Alan yeah. Hill was yeah. gutted. Man. Yeah. All right, who's next on there? It's so, not really, and it's not, we're still debating this, so it's not, re- it's just the 20 guys we thought, you any, know? Any, also, so. the final 20, I put down the list, so you can come at me if you're going to come at anybody. Anyway, yeah. moving moving up, number 17. Well, this is interesting, because mm. number, 17, number 17 on your list could, we've said if he, um, we haven't, you haven't put him, again, this is the whole debate on not racing much England, but mm. doing, you know, winning World Cup, he won the World Cup in Manchester, um, and, and obviously a threat to win a world title. It's been in a world main. With, and with, with Trey. Trey got third in the world one year in elite. No, 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 no. Oh, Kai. Okay, I'm t- yeah, okay, Trey. Trey, Trey. So Trey I'm thinking he's got Kai, yeah. Yeah, Trey White got third in I the world. I was thinking about Kai. <laughs> now, what's funny is if you ask people about that race and the whole day, a lot of people say that, you know, well, you know, he had a bit of luck and blah, blah, blah. But third at the world is still third at the world. Like, and you have to go through the whole day to get there. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not arguing against the fact that maybe he was lucky that day. But to get third at the Worlds, you really can't argue against that. But that's when I when I talk to people, it's uh, they they said they weren't sure about Trey, but I just, I mean, also the fact that you know he's responsible, his speed is responsible for the lights of Quillen and his brother. It's. Uh, and we do have Trey's because he's won some domestic titles, but silly me left there. Again, this was Kelvin gave me all this information. Um, I left that in the car. So I know he's won a, a handful of British titles. I think, yeah, I just, that, that third at the Worlds is, is really what, what has put him there. And it's 16 and 17 were both the discussion was as to whether they should be in the list and, and which order they should be in. But, but Trey White makes 17 and, and, you know, a third place at the Worlds, unless you're pro and you have better than that, that's what you can't argue against. Same kind of era, Curtis Manerton. Yeah, and, and I'm taking this one almost on advisor. I've seen videos, because uh, I, you know... I think of the new era, he's won more domestic titles. He's not really... Uh, I don't think he's even really even chased, you know, the Supercross thing. I don't think that's his thing. No, and then... And, and you might also look at it, you know, I can see some people saying, well, you know, Curtis Manerton's fast, but was he... Was he faster than Paddy Sharrock, or is he faster than Paddy Sharrock? And who's another rider who hasn't who hasn't made this list? Um, it, it's a hard one, but it's those domestic titles. It, it's uh, he's won a lot of national and British titles yeah. so with with people there as old like Kai Evans and, right. and the White Brothers. That's there, right. So. And, and and you know he he has a. If you ask me, with with the eras, there's a very very strong era in the nineties um, before everybody came here with yourself, Jamie, Neil and Dylan, and Geth for that matter. Um, but then I think also towards the end of Liam's reign, where it was Liam, Kyle Evans, 
we've got Kai and Quillen coming up, Trey, Curtis. I, I, I just, I think it's rare when you have, uh, you have a race where four or five people can legitimately win. Whereas you look at some of the eras where the English number one plate is obviously gonna go to somebody. You know, it's, uh, so I, I understand. I understand why people are going to be like, well, these are your rules, but he never did anything European. But it's we're trying to judge everybody and put them in some some kind of list. Obviously, people are going to disagree. Marcus yeah. Bloomfield. Bloomy has to has to be in there, I think, because of his title as well. And that's, you know, that, it was a hard one. Those those three, Marcus Bloomfield, Curtis Manson and Trey White, very hard. But I think with Marcus earning that number one and earning the British champs um, and the people that he beat, you know, he never really made that. You got the teammates, over. right? Diamond back same time. I picked him. For, I picked him up. For oh, you're the TM as well, was you? Yeah. I was everything. They just wanted me to do everything. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, one of the things that I, I did, like a lot of people say, dude, you, you, you took everything for you, for yourself. Which, dude, I had to survive. So yeah, I took everything <laughs> that was available for me. The phone continuously. Yeah, but if you look at even some of the riders on these lists, you know, like Martin. You know, I oh, made, back, I made yeah, sure yeah. Martin got onto Diamondback, and then you know, so it's and Vance. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, but you know, I never gave anything to somebody who didn't deserve. What it. I say about Bloomfield, um, he got good at the end when the Olympics came in. Again, he's one of them guys that didn't chase probably much British stuff back yeah. then. I know he's won a couple stuff later on after that one, um, but like he was really fast around that when he started going to the national team and I think he was another guy that was probably a weekend warrior I think he worked in a bank or something back in the day didn't he I think and so. then took it serious when he got on British cycling but then did, did good I think he made a World Cup final in Chula Vista yeah. my, my, my thing my thing is with that is you really only see the you know what can be achieved when everything else goes by the wayside and you just apply yourself totally and utterly to that and, and some people can't do that like you know it's 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 not it's it's a lonely life if that's all you're doing you know so we're now we're going to move into a little bit of some of the 80s guys this is a very um interesting one definitely one of the most talented guys ever to Mm. to ride a bike gary llewellyn gary llewellyn now obviously a bunch of people from today that will have no reference of gary or wayne llewellyn um and 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 it's almost there's not that much stuff on video like there's some stuff, there's a Pontins race on video where he's just roaring everybody down the first straight. There's a couple of the, uh, before he got banned, there was a couple of the pro races that there's videos of. So you, you can see it, but he had that thing where he was just a naturally faster Slough, sprinter. 1986, first national of the year in the mud, the dog nationally won all three mains. And gone. Beat, beating Geth. Gone, yeah. just stone yeah. cold, gone. Like, and it's... It, it, similar in a way to like Tommy Brackens and, and like the only person I've been around for lots of periods of time like that is Darren Mitchell um, where Darren Mitchell was just such a genetic beast and so good at sprinting that it was going to be so tough to beat him and the same was true with Gary Llewellyn like he didn't have crazy bike skills like he wasn't a good jumper or anything like, but he was just f- flat out straight line faster than everybody else like he just like you couldn't you know and, and Gary was another guy that went from just showed up not showed up he started racing I think 83 84 was his real just came in from like ranking number 15 I think he was battled and beat Craig Schofield for the 15 year old's number one plate and then went super class the next year mm. and uh, and then I think maybe that same first year 85 
towards the end of Superclass, he didn't go to the Worlds, which Schofield won. That's right. Um, and then Gary turned pro. So he never really cheated. Mm. He went really quick from 14s to 15s mm. to Superclass pro. Mm. Really quick. But and I mean, obviously, even, even in that small yeah. Superclass period where he wasn't racing Americans, but he was racing the best in Europe. Like... He, he won some a, races. He won. Dude, he doubled the, at France. The, the Moors. Yeah, race. Moors. He doubled. Yeah. With the trophies. Yeah, like, yeah. The trophies worth twenty grand. Yeah. Right. Like the, the crazy. It was a vase, vase, whatever. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, you know, he'd only been racing two and a half years at that point, mm. and he's he's racing against like you know Big Phil and all of the Amev dudes yeah. and all of the English. Dudes he won the Super Cruiser. Um, European Championships in Barcelona. I just watched because somebody put it on online. Uh, he hit the gate in the 20 inch final. And again, that was the last of the series, but obviously everybody was still there, uh, which was won by uh, Leon Warave and yep. Schofield yep. got second. But Llewellyn was in that main. And again, he would have only, him and Schofield would have only been 16 at the time, which is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Mm. Schofield would have, if he won the 80. So when Schofield won the Worlds, uh, he was probably still only 16 or 17 as well. So them two were really talented. Um, I mean, just just the fact that he beat Craig Schofield, like just the fact that he could beat Craig Schofield was mind-blowing. And then to then go superclass, beat the AMF dudes in Europe, then all of a sudden, oh shit, he's pro. And he's like outpowering, no, he's outpowering Geff, he's outpowering Ruffle and March, he's outpowering the US pros that are coming over. You know, Tommy Brackens and Anthony Sewell are coming over and everybody's thinking they're just going to leave everyone in the dirt. But, He's got the same straight line power as him. I think Gary Llewellyn was the same as Geth. You don't know what he was getting. There were some races that just show up and absolutely destroy everybody. And some races, they didn't care. They came in the middle of the night. They didn't practice. They haven't been on the bike for a month. They've been partying. So it was just kind of, you didn't really know. But when Llewellyn was on it, it was definitely a threat. And definitely one of them guys, you'd say, that could have probably gone on longer and, and done some pretty amazing things. Where yeah, yeah. Same as his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wayne, uh, Wayne, obviously, never even got to Superclass. But if we ever do something on amateurs, that would be a cool uh, breaking down what Wayne did as well. Craig Schofield, we put those two really close. But we, we thought Craig had the, had the edge on Gary, even though... It, seemed like Gary had the edge of him domestically. I gave, um, I gave Craig the edge. Because he won the Worlds. Yeah, he won the yeah, Worlds. And admittedly, yeah. it wasn't the pro class. It yeah. was the super class. But you're still, you can still count that the same as the Europeans. Because all, you know, nobody went up. I think I think maybe Ruffle and Tim raced pro. But I don't think any of the Europeans None did. of them, no. Everybody, it was, just, it was just UK guys that were pro in 85. So... Um, we can go back and chat a little bit. Um, but so anyway, straight after Gary and right above him, and as you said... This is a bit controversial, because, yeah, yeah. Field, cause, well, uh, no, the, I'm sorry, I'm looking at Ruffle, who's... who's... Now, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Anyway, we're at, we're at unlucky number 13, which is Craig Schofield. Now, Craig and Gary were very, very similar, similar age group. Craig raced for longer and was dominant before Gary turned up, but then when Gary turned up, that was the first... You know, he'd had battles with Jason Maloney and, and Chris Young and those guys, but realistically, he was he was the top dog. And then when Gary Llewellyn turned up, then, you know, like, it, it seemed to push Craig as well. Like, they, they both went... Yeah, I think a little bit like Jamie, we kind of helped each other, yeah, pushed yeah, each other, like, yeah. say, to, to be two of the contenders for any European round. And obviously, like we said already, Craig won the Europeans and, and Gary a handful yeah. of big European events. I mean, that, that one's a tough one. You could almost put those two equal. The transition, them guys definitely get the award for transitioning really, like I said, we talked about Revel, myself, Jamie, Dylan, you know, um, all transitioned really quick, where a lot of the later, you know, Kelvin, Liam Phillips, 
took them a little bit longer to, to make the transition, but Gary and Craig, probably the quickest transition ever, really, because I say... I, when, I just think they were, yeah, they were fast enough. Even when me and time. Jamie turned in Europe, we were still getting destroyed and not making mains the first no, couple not, of years, you know. But not, where them two guys went from yeah. 15s to, like, well, yeah, Craig was a world champion in the Superclass the year after. So probably they do get the, the transition or transition award, which I've just kind of made up in my head. Next to Schofield was his good buddy, teammate friend Andy Ruffle now this is kind of a little bit um one of those ones mm -hmm. that why why did you put um Ruffle so far back because you've got that whole thing and this is a you can have a whole debate on Ruffle all the other stuff he was doing as well the, obviously the biggest name probably even today yeah, yeah um, maybe the biggest name ever from English yeah and 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 he was doing a hell of a lot of other stuff but he did win a lot of he won a lot of stuff. He won the first UK BMX Pro won, number one in '85. He won a lot of races. He won, and, yeah. the, and, the, and the fact that he took the first number one pro plate, where you know everybody, everybody was in it. He I beat mean, Geth got, for the title. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know you had Geth, you had Tim March, you had Trevor Robinson, mm -hmm. you had Mark Salisbury, you had all the best, the the best from the initial BMX boom. All of those guys who were over sixteen, who were the cream of the cream of their of their age group. That was that was who it was in, and. You know, at a time when he had a big target on his back and everybody wanted to beat him, he still got that number one plate. Now, the reason he's down at 12, which I'm sure some people will argue is, and, and he will admit, and you can hear him on podcasts saying, he never really raced in Europe. You know, and, and the thing with his mongoose deal was, it, you know, they were paying him a lot of money. Like, especially when you consider how long ago it was and how, how not many people were getting paid. But the thing is, you know... They wanted him to be doing shows at, at shops. Well, he said, yeah, he'd miss, literally miss the European Championships to go and do a demo at a bike shop. Right. And and the thing is, you you know, it's funny because he says in hindsight, maybe I should have, but, you know, he was earning good money at that point. He was the most famous BMXer in England. And it's, you're on, you're on, well, he was on Mongoose and then he was on Rally who paid him good money. You know, if they're paying you good money, they want you to do certain things, you just do them. And, and it's, you know, he never... He, he raced in America, didn't he? He raced in America when he was still expert at Knott's Berry Farm and did good. Um, but he never really had that. You no. know, he raced against the US pros in the Kellogg series, um, in the second Kellogg series. But I, I think that wasn't that wasn't rough at his peak. And, and also, at that Kellogg's thing, they've got him running around doing so much stuff. Like he's presenting with Danny Baker. He's running around doing this. He's bunny hopping over people. Danny Baker. Danny Baker, right? Was it Danny? Oh, was it Danny Mick Baker? Brown. Mick Brown. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Real quick, talking the Kellogg's, um, I posted the round two Kellogg's where Tim, Geff, and Andy are all in the main. I posted yeah. it. Yeah. Chris Hoy jumped on that, and he like he totally like, man, I watch this all the time. So I mm -hmm. thought that was pretty cool that Chris Hoy is still kind of keeping keeping an eye on some of the old I mean, stuff. I, I, he still still the, follows BMX, you know. Yeah, being mm. being in that boom as well because the Kellogg's was right at the end of that first massive boom and. and like, it's hard to explain, you know, and also keep it in mind, there were only four TV channels at that point. There was no cable, there wasn't a hundred, you couldn't get TV from America, like, there was just four TV stations, and one of them had BMX racing on for yeah. half an hour at 6.30 on a Thursday, and dude, like, it was... Well, Rob Falls was on everything, he was on the news, he was on John Craven's news round, he was on it was it was any kind of, yeah, Saturday. Picture of him mm. in the sun, sat mm. by his car, saying, mm. this guy earns £30,000 to ride a BMX bike. Mm. Saturday keep, morning Keep TV. it in mind, kids, £30,000 used to be a lot of money. But I, uh, I mean, he, he, there's no arguing that if this list is biggest stars of BMX, 
Mm-hmm. Like he's up, he's English stars of BMX. He's right up there. Well, like you can look at his eBay thing now. Was, last time I looked, his I know, old number ma- plate was oh, seven hundred pounds. That was like the first day. You know what sucks? <laughs> Sue Jarvis gave me a bunch of that stuff, and I gave it back because I didn't like it. Right. That red and white Amoco bike that's going for two thousand pounds on eBay at the moment had it in my hands, and right. was just like, "Will it be cool if I ride my Pats?" And like, what an idiot! Yeah. Like I could have that one. I had. Because I, I got new stuff when I was on Mongoose, but when I first joined, they were having their transition. So Sue gave me the choice of all of the old bikes. So I had I had Pete Middleton's. The first Super Goose I rode was Pete Middleton's Orange Super Goose. had that. I had that red and white Amoco that Andy Ruffle had that if I'd kept it, I could be selling right now, making loads of money. But I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because my collection, you know, if I'd known back then that I was going to have a bike collection now, that, no if we don't know what is another one for me when Maris won in uh, 2012 London obviously I was a team yeah, manager yeah. free agent when Maris won we were sponsored by Box or THE basically Toby Henderson at the time which was the plate for the Olympics yeah. so Toby gave um, I think he actually gave them to me like a bag full of these plates with all the Olympic branded and stuff on um, anyway there's I did stick number one and, and got Maris to sign a few, and I've given them away for a few charity stuffs over the years, which have raised good money. <laughs> but there's still a big bag. I took three or four home, which I'm down to one left, you know, which I'm just saving it for the next good cause, which I'll, I'll donate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a bag of those plates, and they're in the warehouse in free agent somewhere. I'm sure somebody's had them by now, but um, somebody can get the... Yeah, it's, it's funny yeah, how yeah. those it's like shiny if, and, and whatever they're worth now I'm sure if you waited another 10 oh, years yeah. as long as you can get Maris's signature mm-hmm. on them um, mm-hmm. that would be pretty good okay let's carry on moving through a little bit then it's so. funny I just, I just want to say it's like Shiners like Shiners they BMX went into a, like a, a thing so they just kept everything in the, in the warehouse but it's like dude I saw their eBay account and it's like Oh, they had an eBay after, did they? Oh, dude, it's so insane. This is a long time ago, right? Uh, not 10 years, 8 years, 10 years, but it was like tough neck stems for 500 bucks. Brand spanking new tough neck stems. Bags and bags and wow. bags. And, yeah, crazy. Anyway, good luck to Shiner because they were always really, really nice to me. So I'll. Uh... Anyway, so all of you Andy Ruffle fans, that's why we have them at 12. So let's do Kelvin. Right uh, now. Well, because you, you put him down at number... I put Kelvin at 11, whereas if you put more weight on domestic titles, Kelvin would probably make the top And then let's five. take a break after this one. Sounds good. With with Kelvin, probably behind you, he has more national top-level titles. I, we've else. had a big debate about this, and I would have put Kelvin higher. I know. And, and you... Wish... Well, my, my thing is, he doesn't have that signature race where he beat the best in the world and if you look above him there will be europeans and worlds and world cups where the rider at their peak literally went up against the best of the world whereas with kelvin there's not a whole grip of world champions and this is where we were just talking even before this me and you were still debating it where it's almost you could still break this whole thing into two different things have a domestic thing where we'd bring the amateurs into it like hilly and I know Liam's got a load, I don't know how many, but a load yeah. of amateur I stuff from some of the girls. Well, and there's some people who who, who either gave up, you know, or with the likes of David. Yeah, yeah. Like with David, mm. you know, if you're if you're taking a three-year period, you take a rider's, an amateur rider's best three-year period, 
no one's going to beat from England. Yeah, Nobody, yeah. Nobody, you're talking about David Moore, right? Yeah. Three like world if, titles. Well, three world titles, bump, bump, bump. And all the national so titles. Open, open, expert, expert. Yeah. One of those years he was undefeated domestically. Mm. So, you know, the fact that he... he Dylan's... I racing, think Dylan... This is completely without doing any research, but just from memory banks. Dylan, I think Lisa Wright, David Moore, it could be Matt Boyle. They got a gold, gold a yep. gold license for the mm-hmm. most national titles during. The, and this is when Dylan's still amateur. I think you had to yeah. have five. I think it was five. Yeah. And if you had five, you got your golden registration cards, which means you never had gold to license where you never had to pay. You never had to yeah, pay to register yeah. any races. And I, I yeah. remember those. I remember So those. this whole debate could still be broken into two and that's where my thing is with I think Kelvin should be higher but you're debating it now because you want it more world where I'm still a little bit more I mean, if patriotic Kel- British, if, if, you know. If, if there's a race that I'm forgetting about or if Kelvin, you know, or if, or if I just, he doesn't have that signature race where you know, everybody above him in the list will have one race where they... Talk. I think this is Kelvin's... Um, I'll defend him on what I think is, is... He went through a lot of eras. He covered a lot of eras. He turned... Again, another guy that turned at 15, 16. I think Kelvin's first race... Again, I'm thinking... I think Peterborough... Anyway, he was 15 or 16. So he went through the era of racing me. I think he even raced Geth a little bit because Geth was right still coming. The, right at the very yeah. end. Yeah. And then he obviously went through my era and then obviously into Liam and then obviously into the current guys. You know, my, Liam my, and the current thing, guys. I think the other reason Kelvin suffers is because of the depth of competition yeah. within England. Mm. If you think of the era before he turned, yeah. you're probably talking the toughest era. You're talking you... Dylan, and we Jamie. weren't packing in where the guys above us, Geth and a lot of these guys, Ruffle March, even when we never got to race them, they all retired so early where my era was the first era where you carry, you go into your 30s. You you know? Now, the only yeah. thing is, all of the top guys came here. Yeah. Like, and Kelvin, Kelvin, Kelvin stayed back as he, as he was reaching the top. Whereas by that time, you, Jamie, Neil had all moved here. And moved yeah, here. yeah. Um, and that's, you know... Once you once you take out the very best, the domestic title that you then win when they're not there. Well, he still I he beat me a lot of times as well. You know, British Championships and stuff. I still went back and did a lot of those. And um, you know, I think uh, but at your peak yeah. between '96 and 2001, how many times did he beat you? Well, Kelvin wasn't really peaking at 2001. Bingo. You he, know, he, he, he peaked. When the era got easier, but when I still went back in the into the two thousand two, mm-hmm. three, four, five, I think it was, and did British Championships, and we went back and forth mm-hmm. for for a, on a couple of those. So anyway, again, still more to debate on 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 that. It's still interesting. So that brings us down to let's take a little. So that's that's yeah. that we've gone through eleven to twenty. I'm sure everybody disagrees with everything so far. Right, we're gonna have a small break, and then we'll come back with. What and keep it in mind, I pushed a lot of these things, whereas Dale has has backed off, and, and a lot of this stuff, I just. We put in the world's world level, US level, European level, all the way down to domestic. So I, I kind of had that framework, and that's the way this fits in. So I'm sure people will disagree with some of this, but we'll be back with the top 10 in two minutes. Or it could be longer. And we're back, and we're going into the top 10 of the controversial top 20 pro racers from the UK of all time. So, top 10. Number 10. I want to talk a little bit about him because um, I'm trying to... Tom Lynch will put in... Uh, we. 
I'm uh, I'm doing the rankings. Don't blame Dale. It's me. I pretty much made. Okay. Decision. Again, I think Tom's another one that I would push up uh, further up. I was trying to think who my heroes were when I was starting. Obviously, we looked in the magazines and stuff. I was very respected the dudes I raised. The factory riders in my age group, Damien Miles, Andy Oldham. I looked. I think I looked up to them more than who the. Or maybe I didn't even look too further past that till till a couple of years. That obviously. I was never really a Tim March. No. I was stoked when they talked to me, or Andy Ruffle. I was. Not I don't think Ruffle ever even talked to me. But when March talked to me, I was like, "Mom, at the Kellogg's." Oh, cool. That's. I was stoked. Yeah, of course. But I think I looked up to, and it probably would have been around this time. I think if I did have a UK hero, I think I looked up to Geth, because just because what he did on a bike. But I think Tom Lynch was my guy. Yeah, with with me. Yeah, yeah. With me. Tom's obviously born in 1969, same as me. Yeah. So I raced against him all the way through the expert. With, with Tom, in in the same vein as Tony Holland, if you weren't one of the big, powerful dudes in your age group, if you were one of the smaller dudes and you needed somebody to look at who was beating kids who were much bigger than them, yeah. the likes of Tony Holland and, and Tom Lynch were, were the dudes. Now, I think with Tom... I think he actually, you know, he was racing against the likes of, of Stu Diggins, Darren Wood, Lee Alexander, and that age group, obviously I'm biased, but you know, if you talk to people from that era, that was kind of the age group of death. Like I'm not, Wayne's age group, but one year below was super tough, mm-hmm. uh, and Gary and Craig was also super tough, but if you look at, look at that age group, uh, and with Tom, he worked his way up. Like he, he didn't just, he didn't have a growth spurt. He wasn't super powerful. He just trained on. Like, and he was. I think he was ahead of the time a little bit on his bike setup as well because he never had. There's no pictures of Tom with big long no. recovery seat post racing in which I raced. I had a long post. I didn't. Tom always had his bars in his lap. Bars in his small the uni seat, yeah. never too high. He never has. He hasn't got any kooky pictures like a lot of us have. No, and he. Yeah. I mean, he. He had his own thing as well. He had his own style. It just... But when you would see him beat people who were obviously stronger than him, mm-hmm. and especially on the second part of the track, like I remember him and Darren Stock used to battle. And Darren Stock, like... Uh, this is this is pre-PEDs. But if it hadn't been, I would have put money on Darren Stock being on the source. Because he was just... I don't know. I just, it was just a gym guy. I think he was. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. you're right. I think he, he was... In an era before people were going to the gym, I think he was Hopefully just... Hopefully he's squat, not listening to this. Squats after squats after... <laughs> dude, you were the most powerful dude. You just, you know, if your nickname's Crash or Win, right, you know, yeah. you're a power dude. Like that's, I think he was a gym... I mean, he's a fitness guy now, I think. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. he was... You know, you would see him without his shirt off and he looked different from all the other kids he was. Yeah, he, like he was definitely a strong dude. Yeah. And he... I mean, the fact that he ran graphites and would still outpower people out of the gate, that's just bonkers to me, man. I think he was another guy when him and Tom were super class... I think Stocky did go into the pros the next year in yeah, 87. And he, got, as, he got second behind mm-hmm. Geth in the British Championships was in 87. As fast as yeah, that. yeah. So it definitely, again, again, as fast and, and yeah. battled with Schofield and stuff. But so, Tom, Tom. I mean, yeah. Tom just. The reason Tom's, you know, maybe higher than Kelvin is Tom took his number one plate as soon as he turned. Um, but, Two years in a row, I think. Yeah, right and up until Neil came. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, the Slough World. Tom could have easily won that, and I remember a lot of people. And he had just he won the f- yeah, the final round of the Europeans. He hadn't won the overall because it was over a it was series, over five, but yeah. he, very impressive. A lot of people were the, the, that, yeah. I mean, the fact that he won that final yeah. round that year was in Vitastart in the uh, in Germany, and he beat all the amateurs. Dude, 
But he was still tiny at that yeah. point. And, and still he never, 16, yeah, 17 at tops. Just 17, just turned 17. And he just beat all those fully grown men Dutch dudes. Like he beat Addy van der Ven, Phil Hugendorn, Liam Ravens. He beat all those dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, And there's four of them in the main and one of you. And he still managed to beat I me. Mean, I just... He, he's just like like you say he was a real hero to many people because it wasn't his riding had no basis on power he's a big fan with the moms as well yes, yes. I mean I, with Tom he's just he's he's just a he was nice, smooth on and off the track yeah and a nice dude like yeah, a yeah, really yeah, nice still, dude still and I, I'm, I'm, I'm biased as well having, having done that national series you know getting to know his mom and his dad and his sister super well and like his dad is fucking hilarious like some of the funny times that we used to have at some of those races but you know his dad would be all joking but you know I remember stories of like Tom listening to Rocky Fiend tune and like ripping pages out of magazines and scrunching them up because he's going to beat those people and ticking people off the list of who he's beaten on his bathroom mirror like and it's that commitment to becoming the best you can be that was almost ahead of its time. It was time. very inspiring. Like, say, the way he would come, I liked it because, again, everything you said, small, the way he'd come through a pack, prove you can beat the big guys by being more skillful and just a, a lot and still is an all-round great guy and still a collector. He, Tom yeah, yeah. obviously got third at Slough Worlds, which, you know, challenged for the win there and then made the main again in Orlando Superclass. Um, I think he got fifth and that's with Mike King. Andy. Um, Andy Osh was in that main. Dave Cullinan and uh, Mike Kenny Arkless got second. I mean, if you, if you, you, the fact that King and Cullinan mm. almost at their peak right before they turn pro. Yeah. You know, if you're making the main with those dudes and, and to, the Worlds in America is a different deal. For anybody who's raced worlds all around, when you go to America, the depth of competition with the amount of Americans there is so tough. I just Tom Lynch is a legend. I mean, everybody on this list is a legend, but but Tom really, I mean, he was he was a hero. To so many. Years. Yeah, I would I would have loved to have seen Tom go against Ruffle March oh. and Geth in before. I know he raced Geth, but yeah, I would but, like to have seen him in eighty five, mm, eighty six race them guys. Yeah. It would have been, I think he'd have been right behind Geth. What do you very, think? very close. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think Geff might have beaten him to the first turn all the time, but I think Geff would have had to watch it. I, I just yeah. Tom's track craft and second half of, yeah. the, of the track, you just never knew. He was yeah. always passing people. You never saw him get past and he was always passing And we always people. say that, and I got this from some of the Scottish guys when we are talking on Facebook and that, you know, we always say that the, the greatest Scottish um, BMX, you know, obviously Chris Hoyd, the biggest name, did everything, but obviously Andy Welsh, we talk about, that's won everything. And um, but then Tom's, you know, if he was uh, David Wright, who yep. was a big uh, historian, mm-hmm. um, was saying, "Well, hang on, Scottish uh, Tom is uh, obviously Scottish as well, so maybe Tom could be that." Um, you know, again, that's a whole other. That's that to the yeah. Scottish, Scottish <laughs> guys. You got to do your own uh, yeah. greatest riders. You know, to, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. I would, you wouldn't yeah. consider him Scottish, but if you lined the results up against anybody, who Ian was, Archibald as well, Ian, yeah. Chris, Andy Welsh, like, yeah. Tom's Cotton might be beat. Anyway, yeah. so moving up the next two, well, actually, no, moving up to nine, we have Kyle Evans. Yeah. Now, Kyle is another one who... I think was debating him and the next guy. Yeah, but I mean... But down to the... I. The thing with Kyle is, I think he's suffering a little bit from having... Liam. Liam Phillips yeah. at his best yeah. whilst he was at his best. Then, yeah. almost as soon as Liam retired... Kai. Kyle had one year where he was the dude. He won around at Manchester. Well, he won the Euros. He won the Euros in Scotland. Um, and it looked like, oh, all that weight in Liam's gone now. I'm the top dog. And then Kai came. Unfortunately, yeah. right on the tile of, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, you've got Kai White. 
um, who we'll get to in a second. So I, I really think he suffered from his lack of titles is just because of Liam. Yeah, he's still got a bunch of domestics. Yeah, mm. and I mean also he's part of the whole Manchester thing where yeah. they didn't want to race everything. Yeah, yeah. Whereas left a lot from, of titles on the yeah, yeah, people from our era. You know, like you said about Sinead, like, oh, well, I was focusing on this and that. We weren't focusing, or the pros of the past were just focusing on the, the UK and then the Euros and the Worlds if we got to go. Whereas now, they're trying to peak for five World Cups and one World Championship, mm-hmm. and everything else is just, uh, yeah, just getting yeah. ready for it. They won't even race nationals. And that's why you see, you know, Curtis Manerton with with the, those titles, whereas I feel if... If Liam, Kyle, and Kai had raced, but he has every beat national. those. I, oh, yeah. I think he's. Yep. I yep. think he has beat those guys on on um, on, occasion, uh, yep. on occasion some of those British championships when the guys I've showed yeah. up. You know, yeah. so I think he's definitely deserves his. And, and the fact that he won the Europeans, like it's even though it was in Scotland, it was a home one, and I've heard people say no. Uh, it's made a world main as well. I think that's where. I and think this is where we'll, we'll say the next guy you you put yeah. down, Tim Marsh. And I think this was a oh, debate. Hang on, hang on, no, 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 we've missed. We're missing one. We're missing number. Eight. Okay. Okay. So well, I think, but I, I'll go to. All right, go, go ahead. I mean, we, yeah. so like we were saying, Kyle, Kyle, you know, suffered with Liam, but I think, you know, right towards the end of his career, he's he's going up against our next rider, who's number eight, Kai White. Now, the thing with Kai White, you know, out of everybody on this list, he is the, definitely the one who still has time to do. I mean, he could easily. We've already said if he wins the Olympics, he trumps everything. That's right, yeah, and we yeah. and we said that about yeah. Liam as well. We'll mm. get to Liam Phillips at some point. But whereas if Liam Phillips had won the Olympics in London and not overshot the first jump, we would be talking a completely you know mm-hmm. if you win the Olympics, the kudos involved with that takes you straight to number one. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's whether that's fair or unfair, or you agree with it or not. That's that's just the way it is. It's like when you talk about the goat, the worldwide goat. It's very, very hard to argue against Maris. Mm-hmm. There's only been three Olympics, and he's won two of them. So it's how are you gonna? Yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, you can't argue against that. Yeah. Anyway, so number eight, we've got Kai White. Now, my thing is, I look at Kai White. I think he has ingredients of all the other people on this list, and, and I think a lot of that is he's drawing that from his teammates. I think he has an amazing setup where. He has a pure sprinter, like Quillen, to practice with. Those two, I think, you know, those two 100 metres just running, sprinting on their feet, both of them are going to wax all of us. They're just naturally, genetically good sprinters. So he's got a very fast sprinter to practice with. He's got Paddy Sharrock, who is an, an amazing bike rider. Like, like, I would put his bike skills and his style up against anybody on this list. I, I honestly, I haven't seen him enough in the flesh, but from what I see and from what people tell me, it's like... You know, you, it, it's somebody with Dylan-type God-given skills where you just, you know, you can ride a bike 10 years and then you go riding one day with that dude and you're just like, oh, shit, I could be so much better than I am. Mm-hmm. It, it just, they're, just, they're just so skilled. They just look so good on their bike. And it's when you see Kai coming through the pack or laying down those fast laps at the World Cup, it's like, it's like you gave Gary Llewellyn Dylan Clayton skills. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just, and and to have that base, if he doesn't get injured or doesn't, you know, because he's been know. very unfortunate with this Corona stuff that is on pause, uh, definitely a year, and it could mm-hmm. even be going. You I, know, don't, onward. I don't think there'll be Olympics. Well, they've just put the World Cup. That's again another debate, but they've just put the World yeah. Cup dates, and they're saying that the Olympics are still going to happen. So. Um, 
basically on Kai if he does get to go to the Olympics and, and win, he tops everybody. So we've yeah. said that, yeah. yeah. He's and the I only mean, one that can kind of change what we've been debating, yeah. you know. And I mean, if he if he, if he he won World Cup overall, if he won World Cup overall, I, that would have to put him up near the top top three. Top 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 three or maybe number four I don't, I, at the moment. And that's just with that. Next one then, Tim March. Right, so. This is going to be... Uh, I, I, with Tim... I just, he has to be high up on the list for me because he was, when you went BMX racing when you was a kid, even when he was 17 plus, like, it's a bit like Trevor Robinson where it's a big, strong, fully grown dude. Like a big dude. Not like, like way bigger than my dad, way bigger than your dad, just a big, strong, powerful dude. And I, I just, with his motocross upbringing and, and having those skills, it's uh, you know a lot of people never never really said that like but Tim I March think had the skills, debate but... we had uh, was Tim March ahead of Kai Evans because Evans has been European champion now Tim has been European champion in '84 mm-hmm. but obviously it wasn't elite it was the elitist as it was at the time which is super class the problem is Tim is suffering from not getting to race against big pros and all the time. And Kai also, this is my thing with Evans above Tim March is Evans has made a world main where Tim March um, hasn't made a, well, so even a super class. Um, I mean, he basically didn't even go, but he hasn't ra- raced, oh, no, a, you know, no, pro no, worlds. He, he made the... Uh, no, Slagar and he didn't. Japan. Japan didn't was a super classy... Um, yeah, he was in the main in Japan, I guess you could say. But like when Kai made, um, again, that was, even though nobody Americans were there, when Kai made that world's main, it was an elite men's world main with everybody there, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's where I think I was debating yeah, a little I bit. Mean, with, with Tim, I just, being the first, you know, being, being in the battle for number one pro, um, I just, that, that era, if he was at a race, he was one of the favourites. Like, and it didn't matter who was there. It didn't matter whether Ruffle was there, Gary Llewellyn was there, yeah. Scopefield was there. One of the few guys to beat Geth. Yes. And and, and, and not not there be a reason, mm. just to flat out beat. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's similar to Ruffle. Um, I think they suffered from... They had a hard era with a lot of tough people, but that era wasn't... It didn't lend itself to travelling around and going racing everybody. I mean, I remember when Tim came and stayed with Greg Hill... Um, but he didn't really race much out here, and uh, so it's 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 hard to judge where they would have been against the rest of the world. But like you say, that race that you posted where Ruffle, uh, Tim, okay. and Geth all, right, all the made the main against against the top US pros, it's uh, you know that's probably Tim's best race. That race he got third. That's probably, yeah, it, that's probably Tim's best race with a, a lot of people there. Yeah, with you know the, I mean? with the, with the Americans there. Yeah, I just. It, it, it's a tough one. You have you have Kai and Kyle just below Tim. I, I just you see. I think that was another thing as well. Kai White winning a World Cup should that overtake somebody that's won the Superclass European Championships? You know. Well, so. he did. That's why we've got him above Tom. I'm talking about Tim though as well. Yeah. I think that's what we yeah debated a while back. It's a it's a toughie. I I just Tim at seven, but I mean that that those four people, Tim. Kai White, Kyle Evans, and Tom Lynch. It's a real toss-up between all four of them, and there's a good argument for all of them, you know. And also, in a year's time, you know, 
Kai's still racing now and still racking up the results and, and is legit one of the fastest dudes in the world right now. So, you know, he may well go up through that list. And, and Well, let's talk about the next one because that's another one that's a good debate as well. Yes. You put Geth as number six. Okay. And Geth is a... Is, I know we went back and forth a lot on this. Mm. Geth never really raced the worlds he never really even raced the europeans when he did he was past his you know he was always when it was in super class he raced a couple of super class rounds yes but he never like like this is a year i'm going to focus on the europeans and he never even because he he was racing pro in england so he never really got chance but getha's i don't know word trump card is he won that kellogg's you know for for anybody who watched it like even if even if you've lived after that and your career is after that, or even if you weren't born when that happened, it's very, very hard to explain to somebody who wasn't around during that time what a big deal that was. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it fell into his place. I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, it was raining, and then as soon as the track dried out, you know, none of the English guys didn't... But it doesn't matter. Like, that round two, the fact that he overtook Stu Thompson, mm-hmm. like just overtaking Stu Thompson on its own but the fact that he beat all of those dudes when he was so young 17 yeah like just and everybody at that point everybody's focusing on Ruffle and March everybody mm-hmm. nobody even you know the people who knew we thought Geff might make the main but there's no way no like and I would have loved to have said oh I thought he was going to win nobody thought he was going to win and that like I said the the racing against the best in the world if you've come up against the best in the world and you've beaten them that is, you know... I think when we talked about this, Geth could have gone either way on the rankings. He could have gone a little bit higher up, and he could have, that's what we were debating, he could have gone yeah, a bit further down, right. and that's I mean, basically because... <coughs> well, in the same, same as the person who we're about to get to, mm-hmm. Geth never really... I mean, he did exactly what he wanted to do, <coughs> but he never really had that desire to be like, okay, I need to fucking go to America, I want to rape myself against the best in the world. And maybe that's because of the Kelloggs. If you've already beaten the best in the world, like, but it, it just, get, Geff's an anomaly. And like I said, the next person we're going to talk about, he didn't have that all-encompassing desire just to be the best at BMX. He, You know, there was other things that were important to him. Um, so like you say, he could be, you could argue for him to be below this list, especially if you don't put any weight on that Kellogg's win. But then, natural ability wise him and Gary Llewellyn could be top five on this list because they were just so naturally fast Geff was amazing because not only was he an amazing sprinter genetically he's built super well but he, he was, didn't even go to the gym no just natural everything but he was such a good bike rider yeah yeah like like unbelievably good like we go jumping and riding skate parks and everything and, and it's and that showed because even when Geff stopped racing he kept riding his bike yeah. He just, you would, you know, he went to Derby Skate Park and would be riding his bike. He just, he didn't have that competitive edge where I've got to go out and beat these guys. I've got to go out and play. Yeah, actually, you weren't, you was already here. He came back when I did Free Agent. We made a team in England in the uh, later 2000s, whenever it was. Anyway, he came back. I got him a, he was working at Free Agent. That's why I was at Geff worked at Rally, who then we worked it out for Rally to be distribution of Free mm-hmm. Agent. And I came over and helped work all that out. But Geff, 
was working at rally and that's why we did together i said well shit geth you must have just raced as well for a little bit so anyway he came and did the british champs and he won that with with flat i think i think it was 30 plus then but anyway he had flats on and and it was his first race it's on youtube somewhere it's like rebel yeah yeah yeah, exactly like rebel yeah yeah just genetically fucking super good and that never goes away you know that never that never goes and right so we had geth at six but you know there's arguments for him to be higher or lower so top five in number five dylan clayton now dylan achieved so much especially as an amateur but we're not talking about amateur we're talking about pro results and now i've always felt as many other people have if dylan had followed the same path as you and jamie and decided okay and neil and decided okay i want to go to the states i want to live out there i want to do i think dylan could have done almost whatever he wanted to do i think you know when you look at what christoph and thomas did i don't know if it would have been that that big but i think it would have been around that thing i mean when dylan used to go and race in america even when he was expert i'd see the best pros in the world stop what they were doing to watch him race Mm -hmm. like and that is just mind-blowing to me man it's uh you know even if we take all dylan's expert titles out of it take all those world titles out of it take norway out of it take holland double out of it take them all out of it by the time he turned like he was instantly in the mix like you didn't even when he first turned it wasn't like he wasn't getting motored and like i've got to do a bunch of work to get up there like pretty much as soon as he turned because he you know, some paid him to stay down, and 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 rightfully so. And and he, you know, as somebody who stayed eighteen plus cruiser for probably <laughs> six, six more years than I should have done, I I get it. It's uh, I just but as soon as he turned, you know, he was he was instantly fast. And it's if you think about ninety six worlds, if you think about you, Jamie, and Dylan, those races go a tiny bit different those two titles the cruiser title and the 20 inch title you can put any of those three names in there yeah yeah dylan was super fast definitely i mean and he was always fast but he was definitely fast at brighton brighton i mean with, um, with dylan he had the thing where it kind of got negated when people started using clips but dylan had the thing where he pedaled in perfect circles well dylan actually clipped in dylan clipped in before anybody at least in europe he only did it for a little while and thomas did as well but seemed like he could go just like when i clipped in i could totally benefit and i could tell and i was like wow it's like extra extra gear it totally benefited me where dylan because he was so good with those circles i don't think it in 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 the way he rode anyway he wasn't an aggressive rider um he was almost just as fast with with flats on so when he did do it i don't think it changed too much he didn't have a massive improvement yeah yeah everybody exactly yeah he was still just as fast with the with flats yeah. i just he he just if, if we're talking you know you you look at geth and dylan like if you're talking natural talent not just physical athletic sprinting but but bike i skills. think if you had a uk another debate would be a uk natural talent um ranking which would be obviously geth dylan gary llewellyn there's three without even thinking you know so dean idiots yeah yeah i mean we could again we could this could another one we have more. anyway so we, mm. we've got dylan at number five um and but you know I think if Dylan had followed the same path as you, Jamie and Neil, I think his results would have been very, very similar. Because I, I, I think of those national races, I do realise he was like an age group below Jamie and two below you, but it's he 
he he fits in with that group. Like I don't I don't see you, Jamie and Neil being this fast and Dylan being slightly less fast. I those four dudes, I see them four dudes as being I think we debated Neil and Dylan a lot. Yeah, well, well we we had Neil one place above Dylan. We had Neil at four and Dylan at five. Now with Neil the fact I mean domestically turned on his 16th birthday and beat Tom Lynch first race I put Tom Lynch on the inside and stuffed him down in the semi and then he passed Andy Walsh in the final down the last straight right so if that isn't a coming of age if you're you know you you knock out Tom Lynch in the semi and you beat Andy Walsh in the final like dude you've arrived man and you're only just 16 one number one that year and Cruz I think and then the next year, number one as well. No, no, not the next year. Didn't he? I thought he got it twice and then Tom got it. Hang on. Oh, sorry, if you can, if you can hear the siren, everybody. No, nope, no, we're not. 12 o'clock on the first, uh, the first Friday of every month. That's the tsunami warning that you can hear. Oh, really? Back mm-hmm. in the day, that would have been for our era. If you heard that even oh, before air us, air that's air getting air the air 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 right? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, we have a tsunami warning. They test the siren. Uh, the first Friday of every month. There's your random HP fact for you. <laughs> anyway, so, like we were saying, we have... You were talking about Neil. So, Neil got his number ones. Um, and then, if you were viewing what Neil was doing uh, from England at that point, you might have thought that he'd lost interest. Like, he, he had a change of sponsor. He went from Titan. He went on to UGP. He got the dreadlocks. He fucking started dirt jumping a lot. Like, and it would have... You know, you could have seen that. And then the power station that he worked at closed and he moved to London with his girlfriend. Um, That was short-lived and didn't work. Um, He came and stayed with me for a while. And then that winter went to America and had the same effect as me. Like, came here and then by the time he came back was just like, oh, dude, I need to get back there. I've got to get back there. I've got to get back there. Yeah. And he was the same. And then you notice with his racing... Of all of a sudden, he's riding his bike every day. He doesn't have to work a regular job. That natural, massive power bank that he has, he's now backing that up in the gym. And all of a sudden, Neil's battling with the best AA pros in the world. Like, on a regular basis. He's won some AA's. Um, he's won AA main events with everybody there. And that, know, and, yeah, and for yeah. me... By the time he got in DK, he did, yeah. For me, yeah. winning US Nationals... I think that's why you put him ahead of Dylan for winning US yeah. Nationals. Yeah. 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 yeah, I had to. I had to, because it, it's... Really? <laughs> really, planes? Really? Dude, what is that? Sounds like Concord. Yeah, I, the fact that Neil won AA mains... Um, That's why you put him ahead of Dylan. And I think, didn't he... Hang on, he also... I think he, you... We, didn't he we talked... Well, we talked about Nora Cup. I think you was bringing that into it, but that was bringing a whole new... Nora Cup's a yeah. tough one because Neil won that... But was, that's opening the whole can of worms if you bring in media and stuff because yeah. that again that's that that again another good media oh, would dude. be a I might make that top ten <laughs> <laughs> UK media. Um with with Neil I just I the fact that he won double And Neil match. okay, I think that was a debate because obviously Dylan's won European rounds. Um European um yeah, he's, he's literally won European European yeah. rounds in superclass where Neil never it was like Geth never really only did a couple races in Europe and then no. and when he was doing them he was he didn't care no. and when he and then he was in America straight away so Neil never really got to uh, 
chase Europe like like me, Dylan, yeah. uh, like me, Dylan, and um, Jamie did eventually. I I, I, I got, harping back to Dylan, like I said before, and I'll say it again. I think if Dylan had followed the same path as you, Jamie, and Neil, I think his results would have been comparable. I think his natural talent, his drive, and everything about it. I think it's certain races. No matter who was there, you couldn't beat him. You know, no. if he was in the mood, he had a little bit. He had a wider. Dylan liked a wider gates where he could get his two and three in. Um, which, which was a lot of European tracks where the yeah. tracks were wider. Um, yeah, you could, like say, you could go one-on-one with anybody down the first straight. I mean, those, those perfect yeah. circles, to having power away from you yeah, yeah. is mind-boggling. Yeah, it likes, I've said it before numerous times, one of the few guys I've literally seen, Jamie riding good and Christoph riding good, come out the gate ahead of Dylan, and just but, ride but Dylan just ride by both yeah, of them. Yeah, you know? So insane. one of the few guys ever saw that. Right, so Neil Wood, oh, oh, and didn't Neil Wood win the motorcycle at the NBA Wall of Stars? One yes, year? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, probably so over the last turn. That wasn't an first end. turn. <laughs> no, it was. It was. It was a, 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 a um, mid-season. Mid-season. Right. Uh, one of the Huffy Road to Glory. Um, yeah, he won. Um, yeah, motorcycle during that. So and, and, yeah. and that it was a TV, I think, yeah. TV series within the NBL. I mean that and double A wins in America. Okay. My thing yeah. is that puts you above everybody else on the list who hasn't who hasn't done that. Right, so now what I think we should do now is we've got the top three, but so we don't fire anybody up. And also, this will leave it up to you. We'll talk about the top three, um, and then you can decide what order you want to put them in, or you can decide it's... Uh, or maybe by the time we do it again, the Olympics would have gone, so that's where it would open it up a little so bit So let's, let's go on our top three. All right, so we're coming slightly out of order. Let's, let's do you. Okay, see, and, and, and that's, for anybody listening, the only real problem with this, and making this list, is that, you know, Dale doesn't want to appear to be like, hey, this is about me, <laughs> but, you know, as we've been arguing, you can't really argue against results and stuff, so, like I said, this top three, you can, you know, everybody else can knock this around and make your own mind up, so this isn't any any particular order, but your top three, Dale, now, <laughs> so... As we said at the beginning, winning the Worlds. Now, winning the Worlds in elite, like, that in itself has got to be, like, if you're talking about a one-off race, it's got to be that. Maybe, maybe the Grands, but not even the Grands because you've, you've got people, you know, peaking at different points or Americans who that's the biggest race of the year, whereas it's after the Worlds and it's not the biggest race of the year for others so it's a tough one but the world man to win the world a lot of people win the worlds when it's in their country like you you look you look through and a lot of times there'll be it'll be a real you know you can look through the history of the world and there'll be somebody from that country who is either a top expert dominator or makes it in pro um so to win it in your own country you know i'm not saying that's easier than than winning it period but it you know that's probably going to be your best chance yeah yeah so my thing with you and it's funny because not many people remember it and definitely hardly anybody puts more weight than the brighton race because everybody was there at brighton and it was it was almost like it was almost like guest Kellogg win right like it, it was just dude the biggest class at the biggest race that's in the country every 10 years and fucking an English dude won it yeah like you can't but for me 2001 Louisville 
regardless, like take away the track soft, the pro section, we should do this, we should, uh, take it, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, everybody's racing on the same track. To win the pro worlds in America, the chances of doing that are so few and far between, and then to beat all of the Americans when none of them have, have to deal with jet lag, time change, anything, they're right in the middle of their season, it's, it's somewhere they probably haven't... Well, I, I mean, I was there. Yeah, you were living here. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. To win the Worlds in America, like, you know, a world is a world is a world. You're, you're a pro world champ, you're a pro world champ. But if you're not American and you win it the year it's in America, mm-hmm. like, even in, even, I mean, that was, that was, what, 20 years ago now. Christ. 21. Yeah, 20 years ago now. Yeah, yeah so yeah. 20, 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, the Americans were so far ahead of everybody, whereas that's not necessarily true now. Now you look at the World Cups. I think, no, I think by by then, it was still kind of, there was definitely, the depth was still American, but you still had Christoph Thomas, DeWild, um, Jamie, obviously. So I think it was starting to be like, it was a bit more open, different guys, obviously, Australian just, the, boots. The fact that you've won the world, yeah. you've won the world in England, home track and you won it in America even before we go to European stuff at that point or, or World Cup stuff it's and like you said that it's hard to judge with the World Cup when you were doing it because it wasn't like it is now it was a European round really back yeah then. and I'll, uh, I'm first to say it when when Jamie won it first I think and then I won it the second year I think Jamie won 95 or 90 yeah Jamie won 95 or 96 and then anyway 96 I, I, was before the world right or was that at the yeah I think 95? I think Jamie won no Jamie won the world the world cup started in 95 and it was just one race in Brighton right, which right. Jamie won uh-huh. and then the next year was 96 was the first official world cup which Jamie won he wrapped it up in Holland uh-huh. with clips on actually yep. no Thomas won the race with clips on but Jamie got second in the main, which gave him the overall. There's only three or four rounds. We went to Venezuela. There was a round in Orlando, which Jamie did win, which was legit with, with the, all the Americans there. Uh-huh. The Easter Classic, he won that on the Friday. Um, anyway, then he wrapped it up in Holland. I think there was another race somewhere else, maybe another one in Europe. But um, And then I think I won it the year after. But admittedly, admitted, I can't say it. Admittedly. The World <laughs> Cup then was basically all the best guys in Europe and the wild man and because <laughs> <laughs> the wild man was obviously spending a lot of time in Europe um, at the time so the World Cup then it was the start of it it was a good it was kind of like European championships in depth of riders it was obviously a different way of running stuff yeah, and that but not, so not like we're it, obviously yeah. well we'll talk about it now when you, you want to talk about uh, Liam I guess and Kai uh, yeah, I mean, we've already yeah obviously you Kai. win a World Cup now it's like winning a World Championships you know so yeah, I mean if you win the world cup overall that is and even a round i mean you each round is a world championships you know which is so it it, it holds it holds more more stuff so do you want to talk about liam next to jamie yeah i just we'll just we'll just finish off you like i said these these next three names they're the top three but you can you can decide out there who you think And and it may you know it may depend on what area you come from if you if you are and it's not like we're gonna have a poll it's just no. debating funny yeah. crap I mean, we'll do another podcast down the road and and yeah. you know and i mean if you're uh, more if you're more new school you might not have even heard of half of these people no you really haven't like, yeah. realistically yeah, yeah. if you if you if you know if you're if you're what 25 now you won't even born when a bunch of these people were doing that stuff so i i get it yeah anyway so dale you're in the top three now our other two in the top three who do you want to? Who do you want to go with next? Well, I've already with, said him, Liam. So, so, all right, let's yeah. go, let's go yeah. with Liam now. Liam has good arguments for being at the top. Uh, world championships, World Cup rounds, 
World Cup overall. Twice, um, I think he's gone the World Cup. I think he's won it twice. Anyway, he's definitely won it once. I, I remember I the second year because he, he, he tied it up at... Uh, Chula Vistri won it one yeah, year. Yeah, he tied it up. But I think that was... I think that was it. I can't... Either I, way, he's got a lot of World Cup wins. Yeah, yeah, and also there's been a period of time where you would rank him on a level with Maris, Sam... Like if those yeah, dudes, he beat those if, dudes. He's yeah. won the Manchester World Cup, uh, I think, three or four times in a row I mean, with home, everybody home there. Turf, like yeah. home turf, he couldn't be beaten. But then he also won a couple of them races. I just with Liam, it's very, it's it's very interesting because they, you know, once they're pulled into that that athletic thing at Manchester, all of a sudden they're not doing a bunch of races. Like they're racing. Yeah, he's another. He's an, I know Liam's won um, a lot of amateur titles in England. Maybe probably maybe more than, than anybody. Are definitely up there. Um, but uh, again, like same scenario as, as Shanae's. Once he got into the the British cycling, that's where they didn't show up for British championships, no. national championships. They didn't care about that stuff. Even European rounds, or do a couple rounds here and there, be the fastest, win those rounds, but not show up to, to finish the job off. So again, left and, and I'm sure he's probably fine with it, but left a lot of titles on the table. By just putting, obviously chasing the Olympic carrot, you know, which is kind of the, uh, the, the that's kind of the worldwide criteria now. Is is, is that what you talked about? Are you, are you surprised that he didn't stay for this Olympics? No, because I think he'd had a nightmare, hadn't he? I mean, it, it, I mean, the, the last Olympics were terrible. So this, well, I think injury. I don't. I think he. I, I, I literally don't think he can. Is it his wrist, right? I don't, I think yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think his injury was really bad. Where, but I think he's. I think he had after. London, he could have obviously won London. He was winning, and then I think he was one of the. He was definitely going into Rio. He was one of the fastest guys, and then struggled with injuries before the Olympics, and then had a nightmare at the Olympics. Graf went inside him, didn't he, and rode them both off the track? I think he got rode off the track, and then I think Graf went inside him on that first burn, first motor. Right, and that was it. Yeah, he was done. He was stretched off. I think. I think he knocked his head. So I'm sure after that, yeah, if 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 his you know injuries had led him, he could have been. You know, which is, should have been last year. Now he could have been up there and still another favorite. But I'm sure mentally, you'd just be like, I don't want to put myself through that again. I would. Th- I another, think that's another four years just to have David Graff fuck me up. <laughs> well, I think that's why Marius could probably stayed around longer as well. But it's like you know, mentally want to do this a lot, man. See, and so, the other thing yeah. with Marius is, once you've done it. Yeah, he, he. I think he could walk away and and, and even feel and, good. and feel good. Where Liam probably still left some. Olympic stuff on the table, knowing he could, if he was healthy, he had a shot yeah, again. I mean, if you but, if you've whole shot at the Olympics and then you made a mistake over the first set of doubles and you didn't win because of it, to then be like, ah, oh, well, I'm over it, dude. I just, I think no, we're not over it because he, he, he again. I think I think uh, Rio, he was leading up to that. It was. He was one of the fastest guys and definitely a favourite, but injury, he got injured before Rio and then a nightmare at Rio. So I think it's a good reason then to think, yeah, i got a life as well, you know, probably. So, yeah. um, regard, again, I don't know how bad the injury. I think the injury was bad enough where it probably pushed him a little bit where he had to retire. Well, what's funny is when you, when you look at the way races are run now, you look at Liam's really big days and it's gate one all day long. Yeah, yeah. Gets fastest to qualifying time, gate one, gate one, gate one, gate one, gate one, gate one. And the thing is, it's like... Everybody else on the list list who raced before that era, different era, like admittedly you had Gate One in Louisville in two thousand and one. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like that. It no, wasn't. It no. wasn't. It was random. Yeah. Okay. These eight dudes are in the final. Well, shit. I wonder where I'm going to be, and I wonder where Ellis is going to be. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, you'd see Liam make one mistake in the quarters or semis, being Gate Six or Gate Five for the next round, and then it wasn't. 
he didn't then just hole shot and fly fly away from everyone. It was just he seemed like if he got a good start to the day and kept that gate one yeah you could see it coming like in my era you couldn't see you know obviously the fastest guys are but you still would get to semis and, and, and mains at grands and worlds and like man this is still up for grabs where you would see Liam's kind of and Sam Willoughby as well and, and, and even Maris but you'd see him like oh god eights quarters here they come they're just banging out the winds lane one killer lane hole one, shots lane one, lane one, you kind of sense what was about to happen my era it was still like okay Levesque's the fastest dude but it's the world's main and you know, anything can happen. Dude, if I you know? snap before yeah. him, I'm in his lane. Yeah, man. but it was a bit more predictable seeing, yeah, these guys come through the qualifying um, in today's era of racing. So, um, I mean, Liam's definitely got an answer out of these three people. Liam, there is a good argument for number one. The weight of those World Cup wins, the World Cup overalls, the World Championship. Um, I mean, you know, he was, I'm lucky enough that I remember seeing his first national. I remember seeing him and Charlie race their first national and, and being like, oh, dude. Charlie's got a lot of British titles as well. She yeah, won a lot of stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, he was just, he was very similar to David Moore. Yeah. Like, he made, really made me think of David Moore and that, that sort of dominance in that age group and all the way up and all the way up and all the way up. Well, Liam had, I think, a lot of, he won the Europeans as an amateur, I think. A lot of, it's kind of like a lot of us, a lot of seconds and thirds at Europeans and Worlds. And then by the time he got pro, and then it seemed like the second part of his career is when he kind of worked it all out. And, I think what happens yeah. as well is I think, when you're an expert, you end up, you get these kids who are just two or three years bigger than they should be. Um, and when you're seven years old, if you're racing against somebody who outweighs you by 30 pounds and he's taller than you by, it, you know, I remember racing against them, like Steve Greaves and them dudes. Like Steve Greaves was bigger than my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think, and, and, you know, all of these people on this list, their amateur careers might not have been as stellar as their pro careers because there was just a big powerful dude I think Jeremy McGrath said it in an interview and I relate a lot to that or BMX relates a lot to that he says you've got a 10 year window to be at your best in, in in your sport or he's saying about motocross but I thought that's kind of right in BMX where like Dylan um, won so much as an amateur shit he still did awesome as, as a pro and elite but where um when he was an elite, he'd already, I mean, he'd already got loads of world titles mm. and European championships. Something I didn't get till, till 96 in my mid twenties. I got my, kept you super hungry. Yeah. It kept me super hungry where Dylan was never super motivated that way, but it also got a lot in his back pocket. Like if this ends tomorrow, I still can walk away. Like I've got a more national European and a handful of world titles yeah. with me. Like I still haven't won anything. And Jamie mm. was, I think Jamie had definitely, it won a European title as a, amateur but jamie was like me still like hungry like there's a lot of shit we haven't haven't mm. accomplished yet yeah, so so i think that's why we went maybe a little bit hungrier later than 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 than, than and obviously jamie with the with the velodrome stuff uh, so anyway I, I relate to that german graph you've got 10 years and if you look at anybody from christoph you know everybody deteriorates at the end of course. kyle bennett doesn't matter yeah kyle, i mean yeah. even kyle wasn't you know stumpy uh, i guess stumpy went out on top but a lot of a lot of guys you know at the end and it seems like you've got that 10 years where you've just got the fire to to and do it you know it's super hard at the end of that 10 years it's super hard not to get injured yeah it's super hard not to well have... today's racing definitely i think that 10 year window has gone down probably even even less now you know i just what's a shame is like i like the watching the racing and stuff but some of the crashes it, it's i mean those sort of crashes can happen anytime but i just think when you have that much velocity and you've got that much concrete yeah you know you look at you look at somebody like Kaisa Kakibara and it's it's 
you know, it's the end of end of a career and an end of anything where you just you just went over the bars going into a into a turn. Whereas I've done that on mud thousands of times and straight onto my head and no. But you know, you're going that much faster. You clipped in, you go over the bars straight onto concrete while you're still clipped in. I just, you know. Yeah, definitely the the time the the jet longevity is definitely with today's race and it's slowly no, down. I, I think there's more of a chance to have it just just stop ending yeah I mean, yeah you think of what's his name was it uh was it uh van gorkum who jelly yeah got hurt right and that wasn't it that was just because somebody didn't take the chain off the bottom of the hill yeah like and that's the end of your yeah, yeah that's yeah. it done yeah whereas you know we never even i know that they never even process that in our era like yeah. where you get career no. ending injuries you no, know no there aren't yeah. there's 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 injuries where you, steven was the first yeah. Kind of like you yeah. know, where yeah. life changing. I never, I obviously Fred King in France. A few few things that have been kind of quiet and stuff over the years, or lesser riders. I know uh, Tim Simone, German rider, yeah, yeah. and Tarek yeah. as well. Yeah. So there's been, new, but now it seems like there's definitely more chance of career of, ending. Yeah, more of it because there's just more velocity, more concrete. It's uh, it's a tough one. Anyway, so Liam, there's a good argument that Liam could be mm-hmm. could be the best pro of of all time. My only thing with Liam is. Like I say, because of Manchester, he didn't race as much as he could have done. And also, he never made that journey to America. Now, it's less needed now. It's because less the world, needed, yeah. Because the World Cups are yeah, there and you're racing yeah. against the best in the world and whatever. It, it, but it's... I don't know. You, you, I, yeah, I, I think now for any European rider to come come to... Actually, it seems like it's climbing again, but it's definitely not the, uh, the, the oh my God, I need to be in California and race American no, pro. No, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a couple yeah. of people yeah. who are still fitting that template, like yeah. Joris. Joris will race those those American... Yeah, well, they're established and, here now. He's got good sponsorship, and it might open up again. Pro racing is starting to get good again in the US, but let's get back on track. So, Jamie Staff, right? Yeah, so Jamie Staff is the third. So the, our top three are you, Liam Phillips, and Jamie Staff. Now... You know, you can debate out there all we like who should get these top three. But for Jamie, the arguments with Jamie are more than anything else, he has a US season-ending pro title. Mm-hmm. Now, for that, where do you rank that against anybody or anything else? I mean... I think it for... Again, I can't talk for today's era, but my era, if you're an American you're going to say the most prestigious thing to win is, and I agree a lot with it, is, is, is a US ABA or NBL title, where if you came from Europe, it was all about the worlds, yeah. you know, because obviously European championships as well. Um, so you got two, but then that kind of started to change when the Olympics came in, where sure. everything we've talked about, riders not racing as much, uh, the World Cup being, and that's where the, the, the status of the World Cup went right up there. And The, the other thing with the US title is... But when he beat, when he did it, it was well, legit. The, yeah, dude, yeah, dude. Everybody, like everybody, those those videos, those NBL Wall of Stars that season, they're yeah. all out there online, and James beating the best in the world. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, with a title that's multiple races with the best in the world, you can't fluke it. You can't fluke a third place at the at the worlds because you were in gate eight and people crashed. You can't you can't get lucky because everyone crashed in the semi and you made that like to do a title yes yeah, over a series of yeah. races. I never even thought I could even do it. I said it's too hard to be that motivated every week against Levesque. That Allier lives over there. I'm seeing these dudes not just at the weekend. Like I, I'm at the track with them. I see them at sheep and they're just better at me. Everything we do, better looking. 
better hair, <laughs> better at sprints, Faster. stronger in the gym, <laughs> yeah. and most of the time beating the weekends. I'm like, I mentally never thought I could even challenge for US title where Jamie was right here with us as well, but he motivated himself. He says, you know what, I can, and he did. So that is definitely, with me, I was like, you know, I think I can do it once or twice a year, and, and that would be the world's, where I think that was the European mentality, at least to, to a lot of us. But Jamie did do, yeah, which mm. was which is mm. pretty, pretty and unbelievable. And what's funny is Jamie, you know, he used to have the nickname Powerhouse, but he was one of the first people who really... Did you his, nickname him that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he had it on his bum, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his yeah. main focus... His main focus was just being stronger and being faster in a straight line. And you saw that from, I guess he was probably in the gym right about the year that he went on boss. And then all of a sudden you just noticed that. 15s. Yeah, so you'd notice before he would be just behind Pixton maybe and just. Yeah. But then all of a sudden he just turned up when he was on boss and he was just. Well, he, he was just, already in a powerhouse age group. He came from Joe Eastwood, you know, Lee Pixton. I should have been talking to. Yeah. Um, um, Jamie Lee Pixton and obviously before that Danny Stabiel I mean that's on a whole other podcast on that age group but he came from a strong you know where we would watch when we were super class we'd watch the 15 year old final at a national like these dudes are faster than us down the first straight you know Joe Lee and and Jamie so we always came from a strong age group and obviously we saw him coming into into super class and and, you know uh, when he came in there oh my god this dude's a lot stronger than us you know dude and the thing is it became apparent not just not just to us against us I remember Columbus Christmas Classic, whole shot in Gary Ellis, like and just and just already knowing. That's Jamie. when he was a pro in yeah. Titan when you guys. Yeah. Came out. yeah, 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 yeah. And then whole shot in Ellis, and then kicked out the wrong direction into that third corner. I didn't go that year. But I, I just, remember you guys talking about it. Yeah, but the fact that yeah. the fact that he whole shot in a motor and was in front of Gary yeah. Ellis. I mean that the writing is on the wall, and and for him, he must be going home after that. You know, I'm already three years deep in you know squats four times a week. Okay, it's paying off. I'm as strong as these dudes. I'm literally as strong as these dudes. And keep in mind as well, that's at the end of a steroid era. Jamie's coming over at the end of a steroid era um, and being stronger than most of those dudes. Yeah. And that's, that's that having, having that gym mentality and, you know, the people that Jamie was speaking to about training weren't other BMXers. Jamie was speaking to people about training about the dudes at his gym. The dudes that Alan had hooked him up with, who were powerlifters and stuff, like Jamie, just you know, and and what's funny is he carried that all the way through. That's what mm-hmm. made him the velodrome rider that he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's YouTube footage of Jamie doing personal bests, squats before. I think that was just like well, that stuff on YouTube. I think at the time that was this, the I I'm, don't quote me on that, but I think it was like the strongest cyclist at the time or something. Some of the headline was, was or something. Just yeah, mind blowing. Yeah, the yeah. Weight that he was pushing around. So well, no, nothing surprises me about Jamie because I've had to deal with him from yeah, from seeing him in that 15 mains, knowing like oh, I got this dude next couple of years to racing him. Luckily for me, it took him a while to put it all together. Once in a while, they'd win a race in that, but he would blow his gate, make silly moves, take terrible line choice so i got away with it for a couple of years where i could still kind of have the 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 edge on him at least in england um but then when he started to work it out that's when it got really tough but one thing i will say about jamie you've all i'm not talking about we're not doing sauce podcast but you say he did it he did it, he did it. And, and and those conversations over the year i've heard certain people say jamie but i would and i'm not even a fan of him, i'm not even friends with him but 
he was flat out strong from 15 year olds and if we went if he just showed up now in the park and want to do sprints he is just a strong dude you know yeah yeah i would I'm, never think he would have no, and that's why, yeah, that's yeah, why i yeah. made the reference yeah. as to some of the people yeah. that he was racing especially in that era when he was a pro and yeah. was racing pro open some of those people everybody knows that they were on the source whereas i don't see anything about like if, if you're around it you know the signs yeah yeah um and he didn't ever show any of that someone out his circle would they would i they would probably say that you know jamie steph definitely somebody if that conversation is happening somewhere now they would where if you knew him and i'll say i'm not the super super great friends with him but i would never say that about him because he was just fast down the first straight and strong and big legs from from day one i you just know? think he was a gym yeah. rat i think he yeah. was a gym rat and he, he that power went well he didn't have a track where he lived where he lived in ashford those first 10 years you know when you know those amateur years and going to superstars he hadn't have a track so gym, i didn't think he had much gym, much gym. else else to do you know yeah i don't uh i don't uh, he he's he's one of the people that i don't ever you know there's a whole group of us pros from that era who i know or would bet my life that they were but with jamie like you say i just I think he just spent so many times doing squats and leg presses. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, we used to make a joke about how big his ass was. Like, yeah. but that's all. And he beat Christoph on a few flat out, you know, I think the Europeans in Europe, Europeans in Italy, flat out. Actually, I think there's some drama, but he won that really first or sec- second year, I think, super class. He put it together, that, that, that particular race, and then obviously by the mid-90s, it worked it all out, you know. Wilco cut Christoph out, out of the gate. I think one... Well, soon first pedal. First pedal, Wilco went straight on to That him. was Worlds in Holland. I think Wilco... The gate was slow. I've watched the video. The gate was slow. Wilco and Bass... Something happened to a lot of people, but that was Jamie's first big European win anyway, which was... Um, he went into the sand at the end and front flipped yes, over the bars. Yes, on YouTube. Yeah. So... Yeah, I Jamie Jamie's uh like I say, I the fact that he was strong enough to go against people who were legitimately cheating when I would bet my life that he wasn't cheating, that's amazing in itself. But I mean the fact that he then transitioned to Velodrome and you know, he's powerful compared to them dudes. Yeah, yeah. Because like, their power compared to our power is, is a different you know, they got no bike skills and they're not sprinters, but like legit power those dudes are much stronger than BMXs. Well, he went into with a, a, a year with Chris Hoy and um, Craig McLean, who was the two top British dudes. And the, the Jason Quilly was the big uh-huh. Olympic guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was in... He, I think he'd already retired, but they were the big the big names. But yeah, Jamie sat... He, he went straight in there with those dudes, you know. I so. smashed my TV. Um, the year that he got disqualified, I smashed my TV. That first Olympics? Uh-huh. So that would have been 04 Olympics, right? Because he won in 08. Yeah. So the yeah, when, they, when he when he got disqualified for the uh, supposedly cutting the, the no no that maybe that was the one no no because he retired after after no after, there was the, there was the he, one no he didn't win London he won eight which was Beijing yeah so it was the one before he got disqualified four, okay oh four um, and it was that thing where you know the person who's last across the line drops out and whatever but it's uh, I just yeah I remember being so pissed that he got disqualified I smashed my TV. You owe me a TV star. I don't think I would have done that. <laughs> no, yeah, you yeah. didn't again. I was like, cool, he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Jamie. Yeah, I just... And that 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 NBL title, um, I know Cruiser doesn't count, but the Cruiser win the day before you'll win in Brighton. Um, he won the Euros as well in 95. You know, we all kind of did the same path. Christoph won. Europeans. Worlds. Worlds in the, no, he didn't win the worlds, but it, it, uh, anyway, Christoph won Europeans in '94, moved to America. Jamie won Europeans '95, 
did good at the Worlds, Amazing. went to America, and then I did it in 96. And then after me was Thomas, and then, and then it was kind of the same thing. Then Thomas, uh, and then Robert DeWild. Yeah. So that was kind of like, it kind of came from from Christoph, really, that yeah. did that trend. I mean, once, once, you know? that, once that blueprint is there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Christoph, you know, good job. He's not fucking English. Otherwise, he'd be top of the list. I just, <laughs> you know, you, you and... I think staying with Christoph was a real eye-opener for both of us. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, a, definitely, yeah, a real, yeah, yeah. A real, like... I didn't even know what recovery ride was till I, till I would no, have him, you know? No, and just, yeah. just, dude, just, the, just some of the simple things, like the diet, the fact that Max was sending over exactly Well, even the Monday, the the Monday morning recovery ride, he'd be like, what are you doing, dude? It's like Monday day off. And then, you know, it's like he was the first guy I see do that, you know? And yeah. then all you see all the other Huntington Beach guys got in mm. and but did I the mean, thing. But, I mean, he was so strict... Like, he would only drink a Coke after the third main. Mm. That'd be the only time he'd drink soda. Yeah. Have a big Coke after the third main, and then I won't drink soda again until the next third main. Like, it just... That level of of professionalism, mind-blowing. Well, let's wrap it up, because I want to go to Wahoos. Right, so they're your top three, then. So, Liam... Ongoing. Liam, Fun. you and Jamie, yeah. we'll throw it out to debate. Please hit us back and tell us why we're wrong, <laughs> yeah. and we'll tell you why we're not. And again, this could branch off into other ones. It could a girl one would be good as well. You know, sh- English girls. You got sh- um, Shanae's. Then you got Shanae's against Sarah Jane, and that's, Sarah, that's you know, a good one. That's a that's a yeah. tough that's a tough argument. I mean, and 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 yet again, Shanae's won the Olympics. That argument would have been over. It's uh, yeah, dude. And what's funny is you can never tell as well because the sports move on and then the professionalism moves on but it's like you think of some of these races like you know you think about Shanae's against Sarah J Nichols both at their prime or you think about well at best of the prime the, the newest school is always going to win like Kai White is obviously arms and legs technically strong but faster than yeah. than, than anybody mm. you know To so I don't think you ever like hit the best guy in the 80s race the best guy in the 90s or, or from was that? That's a silly race. The, the, newest, the latest guy. Yeah, wins, the latest yeah. guy always, 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 and that's probably in every sport. I would say. Yeah, well, I think I'm as, sure as, as they as they yeah, all, yeah. all progress and as technology progresses as well. Yeah, in uh, ten years, the next guy will, will will look at these guys like, wow, these guys won. You know, yeah. there'll be whatever it is then. Anyway, it's just a debate. It's just fun. We're we're all those old trivia nerds on Facebook. <laughs> Me and Paul, uh, you know, when we catch up and stuff like that, we're just talking old school. Useless trivia. And and, then, and, yeah, see, the yeah, thing is, our list, yeah. our list is probably super era specific. Yeah. You see a bunch of eighties and nineties dudes in there who are no. But that's why I bought Kelvin, seen. and that's a shame Kelvin is not here. This is all by messenger and stuff. But Kelvin has a lot of perspective, and, and we're not super up to date on on, Kelvin's on the new be, stuff. Kelvin's yeah. going to be livid. He's not top five. Kelvin, that's Paul. I was I was agreeing <laughs> with you, Kelvin, on this stuff. I, Paul is um, anyway. This is just fun. It's ongoing, and we'll continue to do it. Let us know what you oh, think. Hang on, Kelvin. Kelvin's the best Irish rider. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's the other guy on rally? Oh, uh, Kevin McShane. Kevin McShane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. We're going to Wahoo's later. Peace.